Felix Steritz and Dr. Sven Jungmann. Fight back now. Leveraging your assets to shape the new normal. Narrated by Marston York and Morag Sims. As the world comes to terms with the new normal created by the COVID-19 pandemic, there's a widespread understanding that we need new systems, new processes and new solutions to solve the problems facing the world. But how do we identify what exactly is needed? And how do we turn our desire for change into the concrete steps that we need to take to solve global problems? These blinks help carve out a path forward. Drawing from the author's years of startup and healthcare experience, you'll gain a better understanding of what needs to be done and, more importantly, how to do it. Blink one of six. The world is changing. That's nothing new, of course. But here's the thing. The world is changing faster than ever before. Some of this is for the better. Technological advancements like automation, high-speed internet and cloud computing have transformed entire industries, allowing humans everywhere to be healthier and more productive. But some of these big changes will have destructive consequences and they won't just impact a single country or industry. There'll be global issues that require global solutions. Here's the key message. The biggest challenges we face call for collaborative and interconnected thinking. The global spread of COVID-19 has shown how healthcare and the global economy are deeply connected. When the pandemic swept the planet, stock markets dropped and economies faced years of disruption and uncertainty. While an extreme example, it won't be the only one. The world will face an even bigger challenge in the coming decades. Extreme climate change. The coming climate breakdown will lead to flooding food shortages and political instability due to mass migration across regions. And it could bring pandemics of its own, too. As the Arctic tundra melts, it releases bacteria and viruses frozen for centuries. A 2016 anthrax outbreak triggered by melting Siberian permafrost hospitalised 20 people and killed a 12-year-old boy. The question, then, is how do we solve these issues? The way forward is collaboration and innovation through technology to produce positive, public-oriented growth. The tech world is great at producing innovative companies, but they sometimes become successful by dubious means. Facebook, Amazon, Google and other tech companies grew rapidly by aggressively moving into unregulated markets and dealing with the consequences later. Uber, for example, launched driver services in new cities and paid fines or negotiated compromises later, after it had already established a foothold. But while this may work when it comes to growing a social media app, when lives are on the line, tech companies can't treat regulations like speed limits to be ignored if nobody's around. Governments and corporations must collaborate, linking government data and administrative capabilities with technological know-how and creativity. This will allow both parties to make full use of their technological and data capacity to create better outcomes. Picture a world where everyone has access to secure and safe telehealth services, with AI diagnostics that draw from government databases to find patterns and recommend... Blink 2 of 6 Consider Airbnb for a moment. 
Instead of owning brick-and-mortar hotels, it's a digital platform where people can rent out their homes to guests seeking lodging. And over the last few years, it's seriously disrupted the traditional hospitality industry. Uber and Apple's App Store, both popular and profitable, also link consumers with services via virtual means. All these companies are examples of platform businesses, firms that connect buyers and sellers but don't produce anything themselves. These businesses are perhaps the single most important new model created by the digital era. So, should today's business leaders seek to emulate these success stories and build their own virtual platforms? Well, it's not that simple. The same criteria that make platform businesses powerful also present unprecedented challenges. The key message is, digital platforms are powerful, but their rules are being rewritten. The biggest benefits of this model are the easy growth opportunities, especially when it comes to previously untapped markets. Unlike traditional brick-and-mortar companies, the cost of running a platform barely scales up as the number of users increases, meaning that these companies can earn big profits with small overheads. The companies have a natural mechanism for growth, too, called the network effect. The more people who are connected via a platform, the better it becomes. Would LinkedIn and Facebook be any fun if no one else used them? Part of the appeal is that all your friends and family are using them as well. This means that once a platform has established a foothold, it's easy for it to accumulate more people who bring more people, and so on. But as the first wave of mega-successful platforms has begun to expand vertically and horizontally, consumers and regulators around the world have begun to push back against their increasing power and their tendency to buy up smaller companies. The European Union, for example, recently passed general data protection regulations and is proposing further ways to limit the amount of information platform hosts can obtain from their users. So, how are business leaders supposed to think about platforms moving forward? First, understand that while platforms are powerful tools, building new ones will face increasing limitations. That said, keep an eye on new markets that may open up due to changing global circumstances. For example, even as countries are cracking down on mega-platforms like Uber and Airbnb, COVID-19 has created opportunities for new telehealth platforms. Blink 3 of 6 One of the most basic and essential roles of every government is ensuring the health of its population. But at the moment, this has become quite a challenge. Climate change, pandemics and unhealthy lifestyles have halted or even reversed trends in improving global health in rich and poor countries alike. How can this be turned around? Here's the key message. Collaboration creates better outcomes. There's good news. The world has the tools to create better outcomes. First and foremost, a change in the approach to healthcare would have an enormous impact. The old model focuses on outputs how many vaccines delivered or surgeries performed. A new model called value-based healthcare focuses not just on concrete outcomes, but also on how the patient feels. By considering the patient holistically and not just thinking about what treatments or procedures might be indicated, doctors can lower costs, provide better care and produce a healthier society. For example, when presented with a diabetic, in the old model, a doctor would simply give the patient insulin. 
A value-based approach, however, explores weight loss, dietary changes, and increased exercise first to control the disease. Not only is this approach more cost-effective, it also helps patients take more control of their own health, freeing up resources for more critical needs. But healthcare challenges arising from global conditions like climate change can't be solved patient by patient. Entire industries need to reshape their thinking. Technology can help provide new approaches here. Examples include innovations like the circular economy, which eliminates waste by making recycling an attractive, cost-efficient proposition for businesses. Here's where collaboration helps create better outcomes. By linking environmental activists, businessmen and tech innovators together to achieve a common goal, industries have found amazing breakthroughs. In some waste management centres, for example, AI sensor-equipped robots now pick through waste to find items that could be turned into raw materials for new products. These hybrid models aren't just cutting down on waste, they're building stronger and more independent supply chains less subject to external shocks. As COVID-19 has shown, global supply chains are more fragile than previously understood. The pandemic has shown the world that it has to implement new ideas for healthier people and a healthier planet. And it has to do it now. Blink 4 of 6 You've doubtless heard politicians and business leaders discuss initiatives to boost and support entrepreneurs. Their creativity, willingness to take risks and drive to build new things make them an essential part of solving problems. At a time when the world needs more new ideas than ever, it's only natural that people's thoughts turn to entrepreneurs. These policy discussions generally focus on a specific kind of entrepreneur. Young startup founders like those of Apple and Facebook. But don't be fooled by this vision. Entrepreneurship is everywhere if you know where to look. The key message is, there's no one way to be an entrepreneur. The coronavirus pandemic has taught the world that entrepreneurial energy can be found in the most unlikely places. As societies across the globe scrambled to adjust to the disruptions caused by the pandemic, everyone from ordinary people to large firms found creative solutions. An English garage worker who ran pub quizzes in his spare time started online quizzes to raise money for charity and drew a crowd of over 180,000. Computer manufacturer Hewlett-Packard capitalised on its production capabilities to start producing much-needed masks. So how can people and organisations tap into this mindset before the next crisis hits? First, understand what makes the entrepreneur's mindset special. One of the defining characteristics of entrepreneurs is that they're willing to take risks. This isn't a superpower, they just accept uncertainty and continue to move forward toward their goal. Ida Tin, co-founder and CEO of Clue, a women's health app, believes that fear is the biggest break on evolution. When you push through this fear of failure, you can accomplish great things, like Thomas Edison and the hundreds of failed light bulbs he built before finally succeeding. Once you've identified potential entrepreneurs, collaboration is key. Nothing gets built alone. The goal is to give them a supportive environment where they're valued and given room to grow. As Dr. Ramin Kras, Chief Digital Officer for laundry firm Henkel, puts it, you need to find a framework, an operating model, that allows room for these collaborative activities to flourish. I don't believe for a second that you can do it on your own. 
Blink five of six. How exactly are corporations supposed to build the future? You've probably heard of incubators and R&D departments and all sorts of initiatives to develop the next big thing. And if all else fails, there's always just buying innovation with a promising startup. But the authors suggest corporate venture building, CVB, is a better way forward. This combines the best parts of several different models. It has the mentorship and financing of a startup accelerator, the idea generation of an innovation lab, and the stability and institutional knowledge of an internal development team. The key message is: corporate venture building unites experience with innovation to produce great things. The core idea is simple: CVB leverages existing corporate assets to develop innovative hybrid models to enter new markets. These new models are created outside the corporation, but the venture is linked to the corporation, aligned with its long-term goals, and can ultimately be scaled up using the corporation's institutional structure if successful. By keeping the startup company separate from its corporate parent as it grows, the younger firm gets to take risks and maintain an independent, fast-paced culture. But entrepreneurs and corporate stakeholders remain in communication. With the corporation helping the smaller startup navigate institutional hurdles like patents and data access, as an example, Gotar is one of Germany's largest insurance groups, with over 4.7 billion euros in sales and 4.1 million members. It recently launched its first digital spin-off, Alle.de, to build a value-based healthcare platform that focuses on improving quality of life for orthopedics patients. Alle.de's smaller tech-focused team has taken an innovative digital approach. By talking to orthopedics professionals and patients, they learned that both sides want patients to have access to more information about their health. At the same time, Gotar's size and experience has been invaluable in helping Alle.de navigate the highly regulated healthcare sector. It was able to register its software and data tools with German authorities in just six months before launching. Blink six of six. Don't be intimidated by CVB. When you get down to it, it can be implemented in just three steps. First, identify a specific problem that an entrepreneur can tackle. Next, build an efficient team and give it space to work, knowing that some adjustments will be needed. Finally, plan out how you want to scale the business up. Here's the key message: finding an attractive opportunity. And developing a plan are key to CVB. To solve a problem, you must first identify it, and so the initial and perhaps most important step of the CVB model is figuring out what exactly your venture is trying to solve. How can you do this? Look for white spaces, zones that have the potential for new growth. There are three main types of white spaces: gaps in existing markets. Markets with little or no competition, and markets open to a new business model. This sounds simple enough, but finding your white space is the toughest part of the process. You have to research the market until you know exactly how it works at every level and question every assumption. Only when you truly understand the market will you be able to identify a need that a CVB enterprise can fill. Once you've identified an opportunity. You need to pick a team and execute a plan. 
The important thing here is to be flexible and willing to shift gears if an approach isn't working. For example, the founders of the telehealth app, Ada Health, originally planned to give doctors a tool to help make quick and accurate diagnoses. After testing their product and talking with healthcare industry professionals and patients, they realised that their app was better suited to work directly with patients. By tracking their health and recording symptoms, it helped them communicate needs faster. Once you find a niche and get your business up and running, you're not in the clear yet. Success brings its own challenges. Deciding how best to integrate a startup and use corporate resources to scale up needs to be done on a case-by-case basis. But it's important to have an individualised plan to refer to once things get up and running. Communication will also be key here. Whatever you decide, everyone needs to be on the same page to keep things running smoothly. You've just listened to our blinks to Fight Back Now by Felix Steritz and Dr Sven Jungmann. The key message in these blinks is that the world is facing significant challenges. To solve them, industries have to work collaboratively, combining their different technological and industrial fields of expertise to improve overall welfare. Corporate venture building is the ideal format to build the new platforms that will be needed as they give smaller startups the freedom to innovate while drawing from corporate expertise. And here's some more actionable advice. Look for a white space where your product could fill a need in the market. Take a look at a market, new or existing, with entirely fresh eyes. Go over every segment of the market carefully. Don't be afraid to ask questions like, why or how does this work over and over again until you fully understand the market structure. When you understand the market, you'll have an idea of where a product could fill the gaps by meeting a need or offering a new business model. Do you have some feedback for us? Because if you do, then we would love to hear what you think about our content. So just drop us an email to remember at blinkers.com with fight back now as the subject line and let us know your thoughts. 